0: what is up my brothers and sisters my agents of respect it's your boy trey johnson back with another episode of the no disrespect but podcast before we get started make sure you like and subscribe to the channel always feel free to comment throughout the show just keep them comments respectful and if you're you know want to support your favorite podcaster the link to do so will be in the episode description and so i'm really excited about today's episode it's Pretty much the best time of year for college football. Uh, the college football playoff rankings just uh, came out on Halloween. And so now every, all teams, you know, that are in that top 25, they kind of know where they stand, especially those in that top 15 range that know where they stand and how they can control their destiny to getting one of those four final spots. That's ultimately the college football playoff and a chance to win a national title, which is what majority of these programs are vying for. Some are vying for just some bowl games and some are just vying for, you know, some some good seasons, winning five or six games and maybe getting a bowl nine. But there are your cream of the crop programs that say, hey, it's championship or bust around here. And there's a few of those um, in this top 25. And as always – There's going to be times where you have folks who agree with certain things that are in these rankings, certain folks that disagree with things that are in these rankings. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about what I liked and kind of what I disliked, Where I thought the committee maybe got it wrong. Uh, Of course, there are a lot more dislikes than likes, but what can you do? Um, So just kind of getting started, rounding out the top 25, uh, starting from 25 to 1, um, we got Air Force at number 25. Tulane ranked twenty fourth in the nation. I'm um, at seven and one. Uh, then uh, rankings twenty three to twenty one all have a six and two record. Uh, that being K State, Oklahoma State, K State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Kansas, um, who you are just coming off a big win. Then you got USC at number twenty with a seven and two record. Uh, UCLA right behind them at six and two. At number 19 at Utah, so more Pac-12, baby, uh, or at least the, almost the end of the Pac-12, but Utah at 6-2, a tough loss versus Oregon last week. Um, mm-hmm. Then kind of getting into your 17-10 range, uh, you got the University of Tennessee uh, coming off a loss uh, versus Alabama. Then you got Oregon State. Uh, both of those teams are 6-2. and two. Uh, Then you got Notre Dame at number 15 at 7-2. and two. Um, number 14 is LSU, uh, big game, uh, with Alabama on the road this, uh, weekend at six and two Louisville, which has kind of been the sweetheart and and a surprise in the ACC. They're at number 13, ranked seven and one. So still very much in, in control of their destiny. Uh, then you got Mizzou, another team out of the SEC East that just kind of came out of nowhere, uh, ranked number 12 at seven and one. Uh, then you kind of get to Penn state just came off a loss to Ohio State. Um they're ranked 7 and 1. Old Miss, ranked 7 and 1. Their lone loss of the year was to Alabama, um, a game in which they led uh for a good bit of the game. So, um definitely had a, been having a solid season. Um actually won a shootout versus LSU this year, so they've been having a heck of a season. Number 9, so kind of getting into our top 10. Uh Oklahoma at 7 and 1. Alabama again big weekend versus uh, LSU as they're hosting them in Tuscaloosa at seven and one Texas uh, who had a big victory against um, Alabama to kind of start the year and had, and actually lost in the Red River uh, shootout to Oklahoma so they're at seven and one at number seven uh, number six you got Oregon whose only loss is to University of Washington who's our top five, who's, who's number five, uh, Washington Huskies led by uh, Michael Pennings Jr., uh, one of the Heisman favorites. Then you got Florida State, um, FSU at 8-0, number four. Michigan, number three at 8 No, Remains to be seen what kind of goes on with Michigan as the course of the year plays out, as they are under allegation for sign-stealing, which pretty much is cheating. I don't care how everybody's trying to poo-poo over it, but it is what it is. You cheated. Someone was still in signs. Clearly, the defense uh, benefited from it. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't think the NCAA is going to have any rulings anytime soon. So whatever comes out of that won't affect this season, but just something to look out for because a lot of folks are saying that the college football playoff committee may take it into their own hands in terms of kind of uh, putting out their own type of punishment, because remember, this is made up of a bunch of ADs um, and presidents around, you know, the college landscape, so they could take it upon themselves to make that decision. And then your top two teams, uh, University of Georgia undefeated at number two, and um, the Ohio State listed as the top team in the nation in the first college football playoff polls at eight and go. So, Let me get into my laundry list of kind of what I don't truly care for with these first initial rankings. Um, Starting with Tulane, I just think Tulane should be higher. Granted, let's understand that their only loss on the season was a home loss to Ole Miss, which which is the number 10 team in these rankings, right? Keep in mind that Tulane was playing with their backup quarterback. Uh, their starter, Michael Pratt, couldn't go. So they're playing with their, their backup quarterback and were very much so in the game. Honestly, look to be in control in the sense of that they might win this game and pull it off at home. Uh, upset An upset of that we probably had never seen, really, um in a while. So for Tulane to have that opportunity uh, to do that, that would have been awesome. If you get a background noise, somebody decides at six o'clock to cut the grass, but it is what it is. Anyways, um, I just think they should be higher. Just kind of looking at some of the teams in front of them: uh, Kansas State, uh, who had some had a tough loss this year; Oklahoma State, who got blown out at uh, in a game where they were favored pre- pretty high, and they got blown out this year. Uh, you got Kansas. You know, maybe you can make an argument that Kansas can be above them. But Kansas, USC, UCLA, even Utah, teams that took some tough losses, I think even Tennessee to a degree. Um, keep in mind that Tulane's only losses to an SEC team. Granted, they've had some close calls against some of the teams in their conference, but you play who's in front of you. And I just think Tulane is better than the 24th team in the nation. I would have liked to see them uh, maybe kind of round out in that top 15, maybe find themselves in that 14 to 16 range, maybe run the table, you know, maybe start to, uh, you know, make some folks ask some questions, you know, where where, does where Tulane end in, in the rankings? What bowls are we putting them in? So I just think Tulane got a raw deal, especially for a team with one loss. I just think having them as a 2014 in the nation, if you actually watch college football, they are far from that. They are one of the, the top 15 programs in college football um, at the FBS level right now. So that was one of my, my gripes. Uh, I also felt like LSU, even though they have two losses, I felt like they should have been over Mizzou Uh, LSU, their two losses first game of the year to Florida state. Do we really judge or should we really judge harshly the first game of the season? Although it was kind of a blowout, but do you think we kind of maybe judge LSU a little too harshly in that particular game? And then they lost a shootout against Ole Miss when in actuality, their Heisman favorite candidate Jaden Daniels did his job. The offense did their job. Uh, they're just struggling on defense right now, and so Ole Miss happened to have the ball a little bit last, and you know, finish that game out. And so, yeah, they have two losses, and but head to head, they did beat Mizzou. And I would argue that you had the top ten, a top, the number ten seed or number rank, the tenth ranked team, and the number four ranked team. Or your only two losses on the year. I mean, who has Mizzou really played this year? If you look at Mizzou's record, their lone loss is to LSU, which was another kind of shootout. But LSU went into their house and won that game. Um, so I just kind of personally feel like LSU maybe should be, you know, a little over Louisville, maybe over Mizzou. I just know in in terms of the rankings, they should be over Mizzou. Now, where Louisville kind of plays into that that's for you guys to decide. I haven't really thought about them, you know, and when they think of ACC, ACC, SEC, I'm usually going to defer to putting an SEC team over an ACC team. And I get Mizzou only has one loss, but I just think we're looking at the strength of schedule. We already know that the SEC West is the best of, is the best division in that conference by far. Um, but maybe Mizzou can shut me the hell up when they play UGA. Uh big game against number two ranked team in the nation. So who knows? Mizzou led by uh Luther Burton, the third, probably gonna win the Bolitnikov. I would say he probably should, um, even though guys like uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. uh might win that. But Luther Burton or Malik Neighbors over at LSU, but I feel like Luther Burton, he's one of those guys where he is much like Marvin Harrison, and to a degree, he is that receiving option. But I feel like Ohio State has a more has a has a more of a complement of wide receivers around Marvin Harrison. Even though he's that guy, they still have some other guys they can go to. It's one of those things with Luther Burton, that if he's not getting the ball, you're probably not winning the game or even close. So um, that was a little bit of my gripe. And look, LSU has a has a big you know test against Alabama. You guys already know how I'm swinging that way and it ain't for LSU, but uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that game goes. But I would just say, and in these initial rankings, I personally would have liked to see LSU uh, ranked over Mizzou. If anything, it would help Bammy even more with where they're ranked right now. And we'll get to them in a second. Um, speaking of, I do think seven, eight and nine were seated incorrectly. Um and yeah, that uh, that kind of puts me on the opposition of Bama here. Um, the way they have it now, Texas at seven, Bama at eight, Oklahoma at nine. I strongly feel that Oklahoma should have been the seventh ranked team. Uh, granted, their only loss on the year was on the road, sucky weather against Kansas, a team that was hot, a team that was playing inspired, Uh, kind of went down to the wire. You know, maybe had, you know, Kansas kind of kept that double-digit lead they had to start the game, maybe, but that game ended up becoming really, really close towards the end, and Kansas was able to pull it off. I don't think Oklahoma should have been bumped, uh, you know, back behind Texas. Man, because in the head-to-head, Oklahoma beat Texas. And granted, they won on the last second touchdown, essentially, but let's keep in mind, Texas had a close call against Wyoming. um. The game against Bama, which is kind of their big win of the year, was relatively close in the fourth quarter as well. Bama had a lead going into that quarter. So I just felt like Oklahoma, to me, was the seventh best team in the nation. And to that point, I felt like Texas should have been right behind them at eight. So I think Alabama should have got pushed back to nine. Uh, some For some of the similar reasons, that um, I say Oklahoma should be over Texas. In the head-to-head, Texas went into Bama's house and won. And while it was kind of close in the fourth quarter, by the end of the game, it wasn't close at all. So they pretty much dominated that game. Let's be honest. They really did. So I still wouldn't have Texas ranked over Alabama in that matter. I just think Bama shouldn't be ranked over Oklahoma, neither should Texas. Um, and and granted, Bama had, while Texas had, you know, kind of a little stinker against Wyoming, Bama, because, you know, Coach Saban wanted to prove a point with the quarterback position and the office coordinator and whatever it may have whatever it was, but we struggled against USF on the road. I mean, we got a late touchdown that made it look pretty, but let's be honest. It was a close game throughout to USF and I didn't get it. And granted the weather sucked. Um, it had to be postponed with a thunder strike for, for some time. And actually glad that the weather postponed the game. Cause I think it kind of got our minds right. But at the end of the day, I just think they got seven, eight, nine wrong. I'm glad Bama's at eight; that puts them closer to the four spot or within the top four spots to maybe make it to the college football playoff. But I just think, from an initial ranking standpoint, I would have had them as the ninth best team in the nation, just based on the two teams or the uh, you know the team they're sandwiched in between. I just feel like Oklahoma had kind of a better resume in the sense of they beat the seventh ranked team in the nation, a team that was ranked as high as three in a nation at one point in time after uh, defeating Alabama. So I would have, you know, kind of alternated some things in that seven, eight, nine range. And maybe that's, you know, that's kind of being real picky, but that's just kind of, you know, what, but I would have did. And, and I would say my final dislike about the rankings is in what world is Ohio State, the top team in the country in what world? Like, we, like, we've like we been watching the same Ohio State, right? The Ohio State that still struggles to put some points on the board. The schedule was crap. They're not really playing the best of the best in the Big Ten. They will eventually have to play, you know, they just played Penn State. But when it comes to Penn State, Ohio State, is it really fair? I don't think so. It was a close game, but no one really looks at that matchup and thinks Penn State has a chance. So, again, we're going to have another year where Ohio State, Michigan determines Who's going to end up being the Big Ten champion? Who's going to end up getting that playoff berth? Uh, And if both teams come in undefeated, you might see a situation like last year where both of them got in. But I just don't foresee two Big Ten teams making it, especially those two Big Ten, um, considering what Michigan is doing or is being alleged of doing. So I just don't see it happening. But if you put UGA and Ohio State on a neutral field right now, UGA will wipe the floor with them. They're just a better team. And this is without Brock Bowers, right, who I think is the best player in the nation, if you want me to be honest with you. And I don't really give UGA too many props for for much, but to me, they have the best player in the nation. They have one of the best coaches in the nation. They have one of the best rosters in the nation. And I just think if, they, if UGA and Ohio State met on a neutral field, UGA would win and it wouldn't be close. And it has nothing to do with any SEC homerism or anything like that. It's just that... I've watched UGA play. I've watched Ohio State play. And yes, UGA has had some slip-ups, you know, being down double digits to um, South Carolina, the University of South Carolina at one point in time. And I granted their schedule was a little cupcake throughout the year. But at the end of the day, they're undefeated. And they hadn't shown me anything. They hadn't shown a level of vulnerability to where I'm like, yeah, you got to bump them down. Whereas I felt like Ohio State showed uh, some stages of that they showed that against Notre Dame. Granted, they're a top fifteen team. I think they showed that against um, Indiana for a while. You know, they showed that against um, Penn State. Penn State had a lead, and then Ohio State figured. You know, you know, and then Ohio State was able to kind of close things out. So they've had their share of tests, and I just think from my eye test. From knowing the roster standpoint, the coaching standpoint, I would not pick. If you gave me 10 times to choose this matchup, UGA versus Ohio State, I will choose UGA 10 times out of 10. So I just think the committee got that flat out wrong. Honestly, um, I'm a little bit pissed because I think it's going to inspire, light a fire under Kirby's group. You know, he I mean, he's a saving disciple. And so something like that, where it's like we've been the number one team the whole year, I think they were – probably number one for, uh, I can't remember the exact amount of weeks, but it was a good number, length of time. And now the first rankings come out, time to show that, hey, UGA, we're still top dog. And they put Ohio State in front of them. I think now you're going to see Kirby and his guys playing with the chip. you know. So a team like Mizzou, where you may have been able to sneak up on UGA, maybe, honestly, I don't know if you have a shot to be quite honest with you. It might be a good game. Yeah, maybe your offense can can put some points on the board and make it a shootout. But I really just think you just poked a bear. You woke up a dragon, really. So I'm excited to see how UGA finishes the season. And and hopefully it ends up uh, being Alabama and them in Atlanta, you know, vying for the SEC championship and possibly, depending on record, you know if Bama, you know, still has the one loss, which I think they will, and UGA stays undefeated to that point, which I think they will. You could see two SEC teams make it to the college football playoff. Who knows? Especially if Bama pulls it off. I don't think they're going to kick UGA out of the top four when there's been a top four team, top two team, really, all year long. But, anyways, I just, of all the things, I would say the top two rankings and where they have two lane place or probably the biggest um, misfires by this playoff committee. Um, Now, there were some things I did like, you know, I don't want to bash the committee too much. There were some things that did like, not too many, but enough. Um, I really liked their rankings of seeds or ranks three through six. And how they got those teams. So even though Michigan's going through whatever they're going through, and and kind of the face of the news, you've had FBI, CIA, with name it, name every acronym you can think of. Should they probably had Peter down there on campus investigating them for something? I, you know, they're still the third best team in the nation. I, I think they were always two or three. I do think Ohio State's better than them, so I think having them at three makes sense. Florida State, uh, they had a few scares, but overall, I think they've been pretty constant and consistent. So we're having them at four, I like that. I like where that is. And then, you know, I was a little iffy because I thought they might put a Texas or Oklahoma, you know, in that five or six range, you know, just with – the notion even though some even though Oregon and Washington are moving to the Big 10 right now they still got that extensive Pac-12 on them and there's a lot of negative bias towards the Pac-12 with you know they're softer conference the competition isn't as good and so I could have easily seen Texas and Oklahoma taking those 5 and 6 spots even though Washington was undefeated and Oregon only had one loss which was to uh Washington so I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the case, but I am pleased by the committee that Washington and Oregon got the initial nod for that five and six spots. So the first two spots outright, Washington has a big test against uh, USC, um, Oregon, not really sure who they're playing this weekend, but um, probably not as much of a, a big deal. But, you know, these are teams. Uh, your Oregons, your Washingtons, your Utahs, your USCs, your UCLAs, you know, those are going to be teams that, that towards the very end, vying for that spot in the Pac 12 championship, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the two best records in the conference. The two best records in the conference, you're going to buy for the championship. So, a lot of playoff implications there, but I will say the committee got it right with. Your your last two spots in the college football playoff and your first two spots out, I think they hit that out of the park. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, after this weekend, if it's the same or if some teams shift, I'm really excited. Looking forward to that. Um, and, And on that kind of same vein or line of thinking, what I really liked about this is that outsiders still have a play. They still have a play. Uh, they have a play for their conference and they still have a play for playoff bids. So it doesn't matter if you have one loss or two losses. You're kind of still in the race. You're still playing meaningful football. And that's all we want at this time of year. Right. Is meaningful football. Um, and so that that has to get you hype. That has to get you just ready to rock and roll. And so I think we're going to get the best of the best football from a collegiate standpoint that you will ever see, because uh, sometimes around this time of year, you got your teams in, in, in ranges 15 to 20 that they're not really playing for much. Maybe can pull off an upset here or there and maybe crack the top 10, but they're not really thinking playoffs at that point. Right. But I think right now you got some teams in that 15 to 20 range that can think playoffs. What if USC pulls off, beating Washington, pulls off beating Oregon, and then they end up meeting Washington, Oregon, or Utah in the conference championship. What does that do for them? They might have one of the best. I think Brock Bowers is the best player in the nation, but shit, Caleb Williams is right there. He's 1A. He's definitely the best quarterback in the nation, even though I take Drake May over him uh, personally. But talent for talent, Caleb is the most talented quarterback in the nation. So what happens if they run the table? and finish the season with only two regular season losses, a conference title. Do you not put them in? They have the reigning, defending Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams. Do we not want to see him in playoff basketball? Do you not want to bring the West Coast Cali uh, audience into the playoff? I mean, that's a lot to think about. So when you think of things like that, like it's great that we're getting meaningful football. From not just the top 10 teams, but the next 10. Um, so I'm really excited to see what that looks like. Um, those are the only two things I really liked about the college football playoff committee, the initial rankings, but I think they were good things. I think they were good things, They two things that were really high on the list and things that we should be excited about, right? And so kind of thinking about initial rankings, and then like Coach Saban said, it doesn't matter until the last rankings, right? So there's a lot of football to be played from the first rankings to the last, right? And so there are a few games, I think five that I listed, that are going to change the landscape a little bit in what's going on. Uh, I'm going to start with Alabama versus LSU. That's going to be an evening game on CVS. And Alabama, eighth-ranked team in the nation. LSU, 14th-ranked team in the nation. We know, I mean, some people tell me it's a rivalry, but if you look at the numbers, it really isn't. at the end of the day, they beat us last year. So I've been pissed for a year, and I didn't even play in the goddamn game. So I know the players, the coaches, everybody on staff, everybody in Tuscaloosa, they're just as pissed. They've been kind of pissed off for for a better part of a year. And so there's a chance for retribution, a time for revenge. And so remember a couple years ago, LSU beat us for the first time. um, No, well, four years ago, they beat us for the first time in eight tries. And going to that next year, defending national champions, they were feeling high and mighty. And Coach Saban said some words I love. He said, no, they think that they can compete with Alabama. They can win against Alabama. And we need to change the way they think. And so I want to say it's time we change the way LSU thinks about how they play Alabama and what they deem as a rivalry. It's time to change the way they think for good, for good. I want every year them to look at that game and say, shit, mark a loss. We need to win every game before, and we need to win every game after to have a chance. That's what I want the mentality to be. It may never be that way. But what Alabama has a chance to do tomorrow night, they can set the seats. They can set the seats. But, again, the college playoff implications, obviously. Um, but what's even more important is SEC, West champion. Uh, implications. LSU's defending SEC West champions. For years, this game, this very game has decided who is going to represent the SEC West in the SEC championship. So the winner of this game in my belief, in my opinion, they're going to be the SEC West champion. They're going to have a chance to dethrone UGA or Mizzou, whoever ends up coming out of the East. It's a big game. It's a big game, regardless of all the shit talking. It's a huge game. It means a lot from a personal level, from, you know, just that matchup and what it's meant historically. It, it means a lot. What it means for conference uh, champion standpoints, especially when, you know, Texas and OU are coming next year. Things are going to change with alignment, I believe. Um, probably not next year, but the year after it's going to be top two records go. So it's not going to be SEC West and SEC East, but it's going to be the top two records in either division vying for the SEC title. So a lot is riding on this particular matchup. And needless to say, if LSU wins, I doubt it, they're definitely going to soar into the top 10. If Alabama wins, which I believe they will, and if they win the way I think they will, they're going to start looking around and saying, well, shit, they got one loss. But did you see what they did to one of the most explosive offenses in college football? Did you see what they did to somebody who we thought was the Heisman front runner?" We're talking about putting Bama maybe in that first, in that five spot. You know, who knows, depending on what, what happens. But anyways, big game for those two programs for a chance at bragging rights for another year. Chance at an SEC West title and a chance at an SEC title. And a chance to be in the college football playoff and vie for a national championship, which I can say both of those programs vie for every year. It's national championship or bus. That's probably the nicest thing I'll say about LSU. Anyways, Texas, number seven versus Kansas State. Now, Kansas State. Um, we're a really good team. Defending Big 12 champions, by the way. Uh, beat the darling TCU uh, Horn Frogs last year, who I didn't think should have made it to the college football playoff and we saw a national championship. Why they shouldn't have. But needless to say, Kansas State uh, with Will Howard, they're starting to find themselves. Things could get a little tricky. You know, Texas, they're without Quinn Ewers. They're uh, playing their their backup, Malik Murphy, uh, who redshirted last year, if I'm not mistaken. They might end up seeing Arch Manning, you know, the the, the prodigy, uh, you know, you might end up seeing him at some point in this game. There's a lot riding on Texas. I mean, this is their last year in the Big 12 before they go to the SEC. They want to show, they want to try to get a Big 12 championship under Coach Stark, this could be big for his legacy. Huge momentum for their program going into the SEC from a recruiting standpoint, from a confidence standpoint. Um, you 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 finish the season off with a Big 12 title. You already beat Bama on the year. You made it give a college football playoff berth. Just shit. Stark, you're going to make a lot of money if all these things fall in your favor. But you got to finish the game. And I think there's a lot against Texas right now. Um, so – I would like to see how they come out, how will they battle. Um, but Kansas State, they're always tough. They're always tough. So that could be a big game, um, more so uh, affecting the implications for Texas than Kansas State. I don't think Kansas State is going to be um, a college football playoff candidate, but they could very well still be in the Big 12 title race and get a chance to defend their championship. So we'll see how that goes. Now, y'all are looking at me crazy for this one because there's a ranked team versus an unranked team. But I think Notre Dame versus Clemson is a big game. Not so much from a college football playoff standpoint, but just from a legacy standpoint. I think Notre Dame needs this win um, to kind of really stay in the hunt um, of, of maybe sneaking into the college football playoff or getting into a really uh, great bowl game. But It's even bigger for Clemson. Uh, Four and four in a year. You're going four and five. Things look a little iffy for Dabo Sweeney, head coach, longtime head coach, I believe 12. He was at the helm. Two national titles. uh, What, four national championship appearances, if I'm not mistaken? Was a guy that people thought was the new king of a dynasty and and Saban's dynasty in Alabama was over. What happens? If Clemson loses this game, there can be a lot of trickle-down effects where Dabble's looking for another job. But a more important question is, what if Notre Dame loses and Clemson wins? What does that spark in the Clemson program, maybe the running table? Probably not at this point of ACC championship, but get to a, a decent bowl game in the year relatively well, and Notre Dame, when it comes to Marcus Freeman, what goes on with his job security? I uh, Granted, it's his second year, but, you know, it don't always last long for us with these opportunities. So who knows what can happen to him if he doesn't win this game? He's going to have to win some big games. Lost a big game against Ohio State. Um, Lost uh, a big game against Louisville, but won a big game against USC. So who knows uh, what can happen. Speaking of USC, the real USC, not what they call that in Columbia, South Carolina, but the University of Southern Cal, baby. Uh, USC ranked number 20 going against number five, Washington. Now, look, I know what the records say. I know if you watch both teams, you're like Washington is going to mop the floor with USC. They couldn't stop you or me if we were on offense. That's how bad the USC defense is and has been for the past couple years and has been a detriment to a shining star in Caleb Williams. Uh, I think a shining program that I think many would like to see on that national championship stage. Michael Penix coming in, one of the Heisman front runners, Lefty, South Park Nation stand up, baby. Um, but y'all, when I look at this, I think there's a lot of pride on the line with USC. I think they want to finish this season strong they want to they want to have something to play for they the, the way i talked about them possibly running the table and maybe getting to a national championship opportunity they know they know and i think they're ready um i don't know if they're actually going to run the table but they're damn sure going to get on a good start this weekend because not only do i have usc winning against number 5 washington i have usc winning big i think There's been a lot of questions. And look, I always say I'd pick Drake Drake May, but I think there are a little bit more questions around Caleb Williams than maybe there needs to be, to be quite honest with you. And I think this guy, he's going to show why he was regarded as the top quarterback in the nation. He's going to show why he has been regarded as the top consensus pick in the National Football League draft. So he ain't trying to hear about no Drake, man. He ain't trying to hear about no Michael Bennett. He ain't trying to hear about no Riley Leonard or Jordan Travis or Jaden Daniels. Caleb Williams is going to get off to a great start. I think USC's defense is going to make a couple stops in the first half, get that young man the ball, and he's going to create a concussion. And I think Lincoln Riley is going to keep his gas on the pedal. I don't think they're going to let up. Uh, When I say they win by double digits, I can see them winning by, like, 17 or 20. I'm going with 17 right now. That's what I'm going with. So, look, statement Saturday for the Trojans, statement Saturday. Uh, I'm sorry, Huskies fan. I don't mean any disrespect. I just – I've watched both teams play, and I just truly feel that USC and their defense, as bad as it is, can make more stops than yours. And I think their quarterback is ready and can play in bigger games with bigger expectations more than your quarterback can. Even though, Michael, you're going Michael Penix, Jr., maybe, hopefully you're a Saint, so I love you, man, but you know, I mean no disrespect, but I just think Caleb's better, and I think he's going to prove it tomorrow night, or tomorrow, they're going to win. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, I think this UGA versus Mizzou game is really important, and it's really important because it's something we didn't see coming. Like, when you look at, UGA schedule coming into the year, maybe Ole Miss was probably the only opponent where you were like, huh, they may have a tough route there, but they're really going to be cruising to an SDC championship game, maybe a national championship game. You didn't think the Mizzou Tigers were going to come from the depths of wherever they came from and not only have a chance and be... You know, be a top 15 team, but a chance to knock off a top two team, a team that's been running the SEC East for years, you never thought Mizzou or any team not named UGA would be in this position. But here we are. Here we are. And look, I love Kirby to death. He served many years as the defensive coordinator for my beloved Alabama Crimson Tide. But if there's one thing Kirby always tended to struggle with, it was a quarterback, that could sling that thing, a big receiver that can you line up in the slot, can line up on outside, and also when you had a quarterback that, like I like to say, has a little wiggle to it. You know, not necessarily a scrambler, not a Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson by any means, but your Deshaun Watson, maybe. You know, your Jalen Hurts, maybe. Guys that they'll, they'll dart you to death, right? But Big play third and five, and we just need six yards. They can go get it. they can go get it. I think, I think UGA might be in a little trouble. Might be just in a just a little. I'm not too confident to say that UGA will lose this game. I'm not that confident. But I think we could have some things shake up in the top five. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, and if Mizzou can pull off the unthinkable, the unimaginable, what will it do for the landscape of the SEC? Does, think about it, Alabama wins, Mizzou wins. Who gets that top five, top four spot? Because, you know, Mizzou just beat the number two ranked team in the nation. Where does Georgia fall? This is their only loss of the season now. How far do they go down in the rankings? Do they stay in the top 10? Maybe it depends on how the game goes. I'm really excited. I don't even know if I'm going to get to watch this game. I'm going to really be in mode for Alabama LSU, to be quite honest with you. But I will definitely try to catch the all-22s, highlights from games, things like that. But this is a game that you need to have marked on your little calendar uh, when you're flipping through channels and what I want to watch. If it's showing in your area, you need to watch UGA versus Mizzou. One of the things to look out for is UGA has had some slow starts. They had a slow start against Florida last weekend. Maybe Mizzou can take advantage of that with their offense. Um, I think with Mizzou, what is going? What is their defense going to bring? Because I saw what Jake Daniels did to him, and they didn't bring much. And they were up big at one point in time, and they just let this guy come back and do his thing. So what's that defense going to be like? What is UGA's offense going to look like if they have to get into a shootout. See, they've been in relatively good games where, you know, you kind of keep up with them for about a quarter and then they force a turnover and they start getting short fields and they push the game away. But UGA hasn't been in a dogfight yet, a shootout yet, where score for score for score for score for score. And is their quarterback ready? Who knows? But I'm excited to find out. And you should be, too. So, pretty good rankings, initial rankings for the college football playoff. And we have meaningful football. We're going to have meaningful football for a few weeks. And this weekend's slate of games is just the start of what you're going to see as maybe the most beautiful form of college football you have ever seen in your life. I'm a fan. I'm excited. You should be, too. Anyways, I'm no professional. I'm just a guy with the voice. But if there's anything that I say that offends you, it's a good thing. It's an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity for you to teach me. All I ask is that you keep it respectful. Peace.